Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion. I am your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for listening, tuning in. Yes, I am back. It has been a while. And I'm so glad that I'm here to actually discuss a very kind of open and opinionated uh episode like it's it don't really have facts or anything applied to it um this is this one this episode is kind of just like my personal viewpoint of things uh and maybe the you guys as the listeners or you know maybe friends that you know of who are gamers could probably relate to a lot of stuff that i'm going to be talking on this episode so today's topic when should a game speak to us? And I'm going to be covering different types of of it being spoken to us, in a sense. And a lot of people might not be like, well, a game, if it does this for, to, for me, then it speaks to me. Well, you know, that might be good for you. It might work. But I think there are more factors in it that might say a lot. So we're going to actually get into... Um, kind of like, what is the purpose of a video game? Well, for a lot of us, it's telling a compelling story. Whether you, you're reading these interviews in Game Informer or on uh, IGN or 1UP.com or, uh, you know, back in the past, uh, or, Kata- or Kotaku or even on NGRRadio.com, you know, Nurse Gone Wrong, Whether, or checking out a podcast and stuff, we always discuss about a game telling a story. Whether it's witty, uh, whether it's adult, uh, mature, serious, or, you know, whether it has us draw our own conclusions of what the story may be about. Something that may be relatable to it. Uh, so that is kind of like one thing. You know, sometimes there are games that come out that don't have no story. And it's just how much you could get uh, to survive and get this high score. You know, so sometimes... That may be a thing, but, you know, maybe that game might actually have you tell a story on a podcast or to your friends. You know, it creates a memory for you. So you have something to talk about or tell this person uh, that might be your gamer friend or something. So video games kind of do that uh, for a lot of us. Um, it also helps develop skills. Um, so you'll learn, actually learn how to play a video game. And sometimes you might actually be able to take those skills and apply them to real life. Um, interact with the world and setting. Um, being social in that world in video games can help you kind of be social in real life. Uh, you might be shy talking to somebody. But you might actually find a person who is shy. Other another person might be shy, but you might connect on that level of, and about a video game. And in in actual video games, you go and talk to different people to uh, learn about the story, learn about the town, the characters, uh, some of their actions, if they got a temper or not, the personality, character. Um, and sometimes you know you might interact in the world and might discover something that's historic that's very uh mysterious and it might pre you know it might intrigue you to go out and adventure to that so it's it's great that sometimes in video games it could do that um having fun or a moment you know uh if you check out uh earlier um 
nurse gone rogue squad ghost uh me Corey, and jesse were playing halo 5 and uh Corey kind of knocked me off the uh, like put me off this ship and i'm like wait how did i die and we just all laugh or you know me and jesse uh having a good time just talking about a lot of stuff um on arsenal uh on ax place like he could be playing call of duty i could be playing forza and we could be having a discussion and like really having a moment there uh you know talking about our different games talking about stuff that we encounter and sometimes it kind of feels like a podcast but we're playing our own individual games and having fun and laughing and stuff like that or we could be playing you know gears of war or something and we could be messing up uh I, I have a discussion <laughs> that wasn't recorded or anything, but um, I had fun playing Streets of Rage 2 with one of my good friends, Joey from Discovery Cast. And we, uh, the fun of it was Joey kind of making me frustrated. I've never got frustrated in the game with or frustrated with another player <laughs> and it, it it was a moment i was having because you know this is one of my, streets of race 2 was one of my favorite games but when we played destiny 2 and stuff i was just like having fun and having great discussions and stuff so video games nowadays and back definitely back in the arcade days you know it was seeing how far you could get and enjoying that game and hoping that that game was so good that the NES or Sega Master System or Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo version, when it came to home console, that you would get that same feeling and experience. It, and sometimes you may have never beat the arcade version. Maybe you have because, you know, arcades are rare to find, but sometimes there are some arcades that let you play for free that whole game. So definitely that's one of the big things for uh, uh video games that you know just having fun in it um another one is uh you put the feeling control and feel the escapism you know so kind of escaping from the real world you might be stressed or you might just have been dealing with a lot of problems and stuff and sometimes a video game could take you to another land it's about the character that you are controlling or the world that you are building, the town that you have put time and hours into to make it the to make it your own design that you have in mind. You know, created the world that you always wanted to have. Um and you feel in control definitely when you're playing something like in a Sims game or something, is that you are building this world, this fictional world for these fictional people but you know you see that you're making good profit your design layout is just beautiful and artistic and it all came from you you know that's a that's a really good feeling in video games uh definitely when you have things in your hands and it comes from you uh i feel proud and happy from the levels that i make in super mario uh maker you know, and a lot of people did sharing different levels, getting feedback of what they like and they didn't like and helping, you know, kind of building a community and helping out there. Like, that's a really good feeling. You know, you were in a control. You made this. So I'm like, it really feels good it's just to escape and, you know, progress in the game to find out more of the story to that character you know your moral cho choices that you're going to make and stuff it really feels good that you are able to just 
you know, release and de uh, not decompose, but like depress from like the real struggles of life and situations and stuff. It's, it's sometimes it's good just to get put your mind onto something else. It's a really good feeling, and uh, it's great that real gangs do that. Um, relating the things, moral situations to your own. Uh, depending on what the character is designed, whether is that character is flawed, because all characters are going to have some flaws and stuff, or if that character is perfect. Sometimes in people's mind that that character is perfect, no wrong could be done with them, and it's up to the player, up to the consumer. But there are themes in the game that might relate to you. Um, there are morals. Th- choices that you make in certain games because of your own morals there are situations that you are in that a game has touched upon that you're just like oh wow you know uh sacrifice sacrifice is a big theme in video games whether it's life time money or friendships there are things just sacrifice in general that people you know can relate to and it's part of their situation in life um you know it's it's very weird that sacrifice is kind of like a big topic over mentality or or like having a mental state which i I am going to touch touch on a little bit later on this episode but sacrifice is kind of a big thing is because you're giving something up that you that might be dear to you that might be a comfort to you and when you give it up in a video game there is some kind of relief or reward it might be hard on the player it might be hard on that character but maybe that sacrifice was in was able to progress the story and actually might affect the outcome of what you're going through in the game um, last but not least, getting a high score and setting a goal. So definitely back in the day, high scores were a big thing. You know, getting uh, that one million points or getting something that's going to make you uh, name like a house name and stuff. But nowadays, uh, setting a goal, sometimes for us, it's just like, oh, I just want to beat the game. Whether, regardless of what difficulty, uh, for a lot of us, uh, there might be some achievements, some platinums, or, you know, maybe it's uh, setting a goal of getting that series and playing it all the way through to find out what the story about. And, you know, party goals of finding different things and hidden objects and you know, learning that genre of gaming. There, there's a lot of things that you could uh, be doing. So, I, you know, there's more purposes than just the ones that I gave you. But I, I pretty much just highlighted some that I know sometimes find finding a purpose, and maybe a lot of us can relate that. You know, that you, you're looking for a compelling story that it, you know helps develop your skills you know you interacting with the world and the setting having fun or just having a, a moment and stuff that just takes you away i'm um, feeling in the control and feeling the escapism that a game has uh, relating to things moral situations to your own and also getting a high score and setting goals so when i come back after this music break i'm going to talk about how do they speak to us and i'll be right back
So how does it speak to us? Well, our choices through our morals and ethics and kind of what we deem as right or wrong um, pretty much speaks to our nature of how we like to play our games. Now, for a lot of people, it might be uh, what's good and what's evil. Um, And sometimes when you're playing something like Mass Effect, you know, you want to do what's great for the character, what's going to benefit them, and what's going to benefit your crew. So if you kill off a whole race uh, because maybe you don't want to deal with them in the future of the game, you might find that as a benefit. But you also might think of it as in, like, terms of what's it, eth- you know, ethical for me to do that you know because you don't want to see anyone in the real world to be killed off um or you know like for example and this might sound a little bit political um this the children's separation thing nobody wants that that's a heart you know breaking thing uh but in the game you know maybe like uh in bioshock you know, taking the girl's powers when you beat the big daddy and you capture her stuff. Like, do you really feel the same way? Is it heartbreaking? Just like, no, I I don't want to take anything from children. But, you know, if it's going to benefit me, I'm going to make the more decision of, you know, give me your power to make me stronger to better myself you know it and it's kind of it's kind of weird you know you have one real life ethical situation but you also have a fictional ethical situation and for some people you kind of connect them and relate to them just be like i i just can't do it now because like i said in last in the last part that you know you're doing it to get achievements or a trophy and stuff Maybe that is part of the game. And they want to show you that, hey, what all the decisions you made is going to lead you to this ending. But it was something that she made the sacrifice to do, you know. So there's a good way to play a game and a bad way to play a game. And your choices are going to affect on what you do. Um, there Sometimes there are some games that you can still make these choices and it doesn't affect you as the player or the game at all. You get the same conclusion at the end. So that might sometimes speak to us, like, what do I do in the real world with my choices, uh, and how do I portray them in a game? And it, and sometimes the games will show you, well, this is the decision that you make. Um, you know, I made some a lot of choices in Quantum Break, and uh, it, it I didn't really see the benefit of it throughout the game, but I understand why it led to those things so um and then sometimes in you know games like that with more choices maybe we want to go back and see the other side so that as we play value to the game um what we deem as acceptable or not so in call of duty modern warfare 2 we had the airplane level you have the option to kill everybody at a point that they do get shooting but you still don't have to shoot nobody um you know we for some people we don't see that as, uh, as acceptable um 
in uh, Super Smash Brothers, uh, there was a Game & Watch character who had an Indian feather on. Uh, that's not acceptable. You know, they Nintendo said... Uh, when we put this character in, it was from when the game came out and it was just designed. That's kind of acceptable. But now, uh, things are kind of turned. Uh, Nintendo said we will do our best to put a patch out to take it out. So, you know, you know, they deemed that as not acceptable. They thought it was acceptable because of the history of that character and past games when it first came out. So they were trying to make it authentic. But now in today's climate, um, it's unacceptable, which is understandable, which is really understandable. Um, and it's funny that, you know, we could kill humans and uh, kill, like, uh, aliens and still play like a whole lot of gun games with guns in it, you know, Call of Duty and stuff. Uh, and we think that's acceptable because it's fantasy, it's not real, it's not hurting nobody, it's just a bunch of numbers uh, clashing together, if you see it that way. But when you look at uh, school shootings or just real life shootings and stuff, it, you know, we don't find that acceptable and it's hurtful on a lot of people, even though the the relation is different but when it deals with guns and someone uh losing they will try to make a connection to that uh so it might uh sometimes when a game is just not right it'll speak to us that way um the mentality state of the character um depression has been a big thing nowadays um and you know anxiety and stress and a lot of other problems uh have occurred nowadays kind of have risen and just the community uh and real world people are making things very noticeable that you know sometimes you got to take a day off to you know get your set get not say get your sanity back but you know be able to take time to calm down to you know be able to relax and uh have a clearer vision just to get things back on track and you know in video games of course we talk about hellblade but you know i always talked about heavily sword not heavily sword um um uh the, the david cage uh gang um you know with jason and stuff uh with you know with the dad and you know him making the sacrifice and going all through the other stuff like you know him going through depression and you know breaking down the stuff and just and things of that of that nature you know we haven't been able to capture a lot of characters who are like that um but when we do uh and definitely like i always talk about vivi and stuff from final fantasy 9 uh when we capture characters like that uh they speak to a lot of us because we can relate what they go are going through and that trait that's part of the character you know you uh, for for probably a lot of our my listeners and uh you know probably people who play this around and stuff maybe you never had a child kidnapped or know someone who's never had a child kidnapped. And the w- reason why I say that is just like kidnappings can happen at any time and you never know. And until you go through that the experience, it's fearful. And you, it's, not, it's something not to laugh at or anything, but 
it really makes you as a parent really love and appreciate your child more and want the best for them. You know, you, you don't never want anything to happen to your child. You know, that would change your whole mental state. You don't want to eat. You don't want to talk to nobody. You build up anger, frustration. You build up a lot of stuff. And if a character is going through all of that stuff, uh, that mental state of a video game character, you'll be able to see. You know why that character is angry or depressed and going through the stuff. And so you can relate to it. And you may play that game and you want to make the right choices to see that character through. To see if they get that child back or see to get that animal or that wife back or girlfriend or whatever. Like... It, it, it's a fearful thing, you know, but sometimes the mental state speaks to a lot of people. And, you know, there are other times where you want to put the control down and really uh, take a time to reflect. Uh, I played, um, and I don't want to give the ending because I played the Gardens Between and I really put my, when I played it on Switch and I finished the game and I put my controller down and I had to take time to actually think and reflect on this great journey that I've been through, but this outcome, how saddened it is because it is something that I'm able to relate to at the end of it. And even seeing what happened during, actually during my high school years, encountering people, what happened with that. So, uh, it the mental state of character it really speaks to us from a video game. Um, how we relate to the situation at hand, uh, same way uh, the mentality, the mentality state. Um, you know, adjusting to situations. You know, fighting. Of course, not doing like fifty million combos and uh, other stuff that you normally can't do in a video game. Of course, that that stuff is kind of crazy. But you know, the plot that you are. Uh, dealing with within the game may really speak to us. We may be able to relate to that. Relate to that, you know. You might love working on cars, and so when you're playing Forza Horizon Four or uh, building a car track or designing anything, uh, you enjoy stuff like that. You like tinkering with stuff. You like figuring out puzzles. Uh. You, you might love just to wreck your brain and stuff and overthink things. So you'll try, you'll do trial and error in some, sometimes. And you can relate to the situation that, that you are dealing with in the game because sometimes that plays a part in your, in your life. And the video game speaks to us that way. When it showcases, you'd be like, wait. How did they? I wonder if some of the developers or the creators and people who wrote the story knew that this section of a game will relate to so many people and get people to talk about it and address it. You know, uh, when Tomb Raider, uh, the reboot came out, and we seen the trailer of Laura getting hit and stuff, and all of these things happening to where you know it kind of just like is this the year that women are getting abused? It was a big controversy. It was a big thing. Uh, but if you look at it now, it's just like wow. You know, you want to treat more women with respect and with more care in games uh, because 
as a developer and a publisher, you got to now think about the female audience who are playing your game. It's not just male dominated and it's never, it should never have been male dominated. Some people say it was, and it is, and it still is, but I'm just like at this time, um, a lot of stuff has changed. So a lot of things in video games have changed. Um, with the situation so uh last part if it forces us to progress or walk away um and what i mean by that if it forces us to you know progress through the story by the things that we have a concert and dealt with it really has done its job of speaking to us or maybe it's not speaking to us we're not clicking it because maybe there's other elements that might be boring us that are frustrating us and getting us on our nerves we might put the controller down and walk away from it we might come back to it later for a future discussion or we might just end up training the game is and and forming our opinion about that game whether it's right or wrong critiquing it i should say no sometimes the game does that to us i I have walked away from Final Fantasy VIII, and I have made my decision, my claim about it, but maybe I was hesitant to say that and not seeing it through. And maybe I need to go back through Final Fantasy VIII, go through some of the stuff that is implemented in it, but always, but see it through, you know, maybe it will force me to progress further into the game. Or maybe I'll just need to just, and maybe it make might make me walk away again. And not to the dis, not to this Final Fantasy VIII, not even to this Bloodborne. The reason why is because I said some things about Bloodborne. You said some things about Grand Theft Auto Five, and I I played them. I need to get more. I I probably need to progress more. But sometimes there are things on there that make me form an opinion that make me feel like I don't need to progress because there's these things that's hindering me from the progress. And if I walk away from it and respect everybody who loves playing that game, who enjoys it and stuff, maybe I should, maybe I should, you know, and maybe that the game is not speaking me, speaking to me in a way that it speaks to others. And that's, that's not bad or anything. So uh, when I come back, we're going to talk about, if a video game that speaks to us, if it could change us, and I'll be right back.
So, if a game can change us, and where it can change us, and maybe some might find this kind of weird, but it may change our behavior and opinion about things. You know, when I spoke about having morals and uh, spoke about having ethics and stuff and, you know, sacrifice, sometimes it could change our behavior for the good and really showcase that our behavior in our opinion uh, might have just been on a negative side and we didn't realize that we were causing harm. Uh, because of the things that we were saying and doing. And the game changing our behavior and our opinion about things may say, you know, hey, maybe we need to, uh, look, we need to respect more women in video games and them being a part of the community and having fun. You know, we we need to change our opinion and our viewpoint that it should be male-dominated, like I said in, la- in the last section. You know, maybe I need to care more about children or uh, have a view that, you know, these little precious lives really are many instead of just, you know, seeing that, oh, I hate kids and gangs. They are so annoying. Or, you know, having the behavior of, you know, being negative in a sense, you know, whining about stuff. And yeah, there are moments some people could point out to me that I have those moments and stuff. But I, like I said, I still try to be fair uh, and I respect everybody's opinion and I get it. And I continue to show love to everybody, no matter what. I always root people on and everything. Um, you know, it's, it's part of, it's part of, you know, our, us as humans and part of the gaming community. Um, and just, stuff we encounter and stuff but if a game could change all of that then it really spoke to us it really did something that maybe discussions and advice and things from other people just haven't did you know it it could become therapeutic you know to do that um it gives us an answer that may work in real life so you might you know be a person who uh who likes to design stuff but it just never works out no one no one doesn't like your designs or they just wish that it could have been better but you know maybe uh you picked up dragon quest builders and now you're designing these nice looking houses and stuff and it's cool you can apply that to your life and everything to your work and so uh you know, getting materials, uh, taking photo screens. Uh, what my thing has been, I've, I've been learning more about physics because of Breath of the Wild and because of Roller Coaster Tycoon, mostly Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. And designing how things with, with gravity and with height and weight, how, how all of that works, you know, uh, and, the way that I apply that into uh, my life in the real world is that I sometimes got to balance boxes at work. So if I put something heavy at the top or something light, of course it's going to crush it and fall over. But if I'm able to like put it in a right way that uh, nothing leans over or it's going to fall over some people could say it's the well, not so much the Tetris effect. That's just boxing and stagnant in a correct way. But you know, being able to um, 
measure out the weight and measure out the height and and stuff and if I put these liquids right here and put these uh, dry goods on top of those liquids and stuff. Maybe I could fit a lot of it and nothing will fall over once in motion I move the cart. So, you know, stuff like that could, like has really helped me in, in my work life. Uh, showcases that the developers can go, uh, go in many directions with narrative. Uh, I've, I'm still yelling for Rockstar to go with a different narrative. And there have been developers who have who have made games in one genre, but actually decided to try their hands at another genre, and it succeeded. Um, Ninja Theory is a good is a good example. You know, we know we are known for their action based games. But they went with a different narrative and a different style of gameplay when they did Hellblade. Like, wow, who 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 could ever think about that? You know, definitely when uh, if you look at adventure games, adventure games has uh always been like related uh, relegated to PC, and when it came to console and handheld, they kind of had to do uh go a different route. And implement some different game ideas and stuff. And, you know, you would never think a company like Capcom would ever do a venture game like Phoenix Wright. And, you know, for that to be only in Japan to come to America, you're like, wow, you, you guys are able to tell a story that's funny and that's very witting. Uh, because you guys are mostly known for a lot of some licensed games in action base games and stuff and even horror stuff like you you make games in in movement and you stand you see like the phoenix Wright series and it's just like you guys have a funny side to you and that's cool that developers can go in different directions you know to tell a story to tell you know that uh showcase that they can work in different genres like even even with Nintendo, like with them taking the Legend of Zelda, or even taking uh Metroid, you know Metroid had been relegated to being like very inclusive and being two D, uh, with some of the past Metroid games. But then you get Metroid Prime, where it's open world and you can seek out the story, find out more of the world and how that affects you, and uh. And, and Samus and stuff like you would never think and definitely with Metro with uh, Nintendo placing the prime games in an American company in retro who would have known you know to be able to take uh, Samus and her adventures to a different level by putting in a different genre and making you search out the narrative if you want it. I find that that really cool, you know, scanning, learning about the enemies, learning about the world. That 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 was really great. And then them getting into music games and stuff, you know, separated from the DDR. So I still want to leave be agents and stuff. Um, but you know, even Nintendo has grown with that. So you know, a game can change, uh, you, um, and kind of your perception of how a developer and a publisher go about the video games that they create and that they make. That's really cool. Um, help us through hopeless and ease of death sacrifice. So, uh, one of the big deaths in gaming, and still, I think it's still to this very day, is 
era getting a uh, sore surprise D through her, killing her. That was a big one. And how that all played out and kind of uh, made an impact for gamers and kind of for the Final Fantasy series itself. So before before that, you could kind of look at Fantasy Star 2 and how uh, the ending of, of that game. And you really don't pay attention that deaths in video game that people make a sacrifice or people are getting killed and stuff. Or like something being caught and everything. You like you really don't see or get that feeling until it hits close to you. And you want to do everything now to protect your characters. You want to grind and level them up. You want to make sure that they're good to go. And sometimes it's out of your control. You don't really know what to do. Um, and that's kind of how real real life is. Is that uh, when you have an unexpected death and you know you gotta grieve and come to terms and stuff it's really hard sometimes to grasp that because it's not for everybody you know sometimes if someone passed in the family uh you might think good well not you might think but some people have thought in good riddance you know that person was this and this and that but you know there might be people and friends and stuff who'd be like you know he was a big help or she was a big help to the community and uh and things of that nature and it's going to be hard um it's going to be hurtful having that person go you know definitely when you're closer to somebody it, you um and in video games, if they could help you just ease with that, just be like, hey, sometimes when people die and sometimes when all things seem lost, there is some kind of light at the end of the tunnel. There is some hope. There is some kind of benefit because maybe what that person has taught you has uh, is now playing a part in your life. And you could use those teachings to teach other, so you could carry on that tradition, carry on that memory, and things of that nature. Um, it, it was kind of weird because I, when I lost my dad, you know, I had to come to terms with losing him, and I didn't. I, you know, I I had my tears, I did my crying, I did my uh, grieving and stuff, but you know, I had to come to terms that he's gone death is inevitable it's going to happen but it was just like when i was playing you know my games doing optional opinion or like talking to other friends it kind of helped me not saying keep me off my mind but it kind of helped me relieve that grief in a sense that uh you know we're connecting on so much in these games and it is it is me to be like my dad would probably be still be proud of me if he knew what the work I was doing that I love to do you know he would be happy that I'm podcasting he would be kind of happy that I I've made friends uh in the video game community um and on you know nurse going rogue and stuff and with my friends on world one one and different podcasts and stuff like really talking to them and you know sometimes having fun sometimes having arguments and guessing on shows but 
I think my dad would have been proud of what I'm doing and what I love to do. So that kind of gives me hope that, you know, maybe I can inspire someone to get into a podcast and stuff or really want to talk about death and, you know, tell how maybe, uh, I keep want to say heavenly sword and it's not that game, but, uh, um, but keep talking about stuff that they deal with. Um, and how gangs kind of have helped me and rescued me um, from that. and Or how something in their life kind of helped them and rescued them. So, that you know, uh, there are a lot of things that could, uh, that could happen. Um, and it could be all through video games. It can help you change and become a better person. So, when I come back, uh, we're going to actually talking about when video games speak to you and it makes you laugh and makes you feel good about yourself when I come back. <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, heavy rain is the game. I don't know why I keep saying like heavily sword or heavily rain, but heavy heavy rain is the game that I'm talking about. Uh, so we're gonna get him back into the laughter of it all. And uh, video games speak to us by making us feel good and laughing. I always. I love playing the Mario Luigi games and uh, Paper Mario because the writing is so good in that. And even Borderlands 2, it's, it's so good in that that it's so funny. And it, it kind of gets what it is. And I love, and I literally love that about games. When it makes us feel good that we accomplished something. Um, or it can make us laugh due to the fact that they told a great and clever joke. Or in it, or you see, like in Guacamelee, you can see some some Nintendo references in there that feel similar. Like they do a good job, um, and that's great when the game makes us laugh or it makes us feel good when we're in a competitive state and we and we win. Uh, the next point I have is loving the competition and mistakes. So yes, it's good to, sometimes to watch a person lose a gay uh due to bad playing skills it makes us feel good it makes us laugh and stuff uh it, it might be hurtful to that other person 
But we're all not professionals at games. We might be good at one genre or one game, but we're not good at a lot of games at times and stuff. We might, and we, like, sometimes showcase it on our streaming and stuff. We could be better in everything. And sometimes it'll make us like, no, and and it's enjoyable for the viewers and stuff. And if people just don't don't say that that person sucks and stuff. Just be like, no, no, you could do this. You know, it's good that there is competition and you're making the mistakes because you can always, you know, type in and if a person is reading what, uh, reading, you know, the conversations that's happening in the chat and stuff when you're streaming on Twitch or YouTube and stuff, um, you could always reply live to them. Just be like, yeah, I agree. Or, yeah, I could work with that. And you guys could form a team and work with it and just be like, yes, success. And really give that person, you know, help and props and stuff. Uh, it's good, like, if you're messing up in Mario, Super Mario Party or if you know, you you and your team are just dominating in Call of Duty or just kind of any game and stuff, like uh, snipper clips and stuff, just like working together and just be like, no, and, and things like that. They're, video games bring you laughter and fun and enjoyment. It's, it speaks to you of making you feel good and creating that great vibe. And it started you on your way. Sometimes, maybe when you get to work and people have been crappy and stuff, maybe uh, they like talking to you and everything and they ask you about your day. You just be like, well, I played this game and I'm at this progress. And maybe they not be not, not be into game, but you might want to tell them that funny thing that happened to you. And that might actually make them laugh and make them feel better. And stuff like that so like video games could speak to us dude in that way uh wanting you to come back for more fun you know it just got his hands up in you and you just can't wait to get home uh literally that was me with okami uh when i brought okami and even metroid prime is that i wanted to come back home after work and dig into those games and i would yeah, i'm like i know i had cry rehearsal i know i have recordings and other and other things and i have blogs and stuff to write and i had other content to get out but it was just like i'm picking up that controller and i'm back in that world and i'm laughing uh with amaratsu um but i'm also just kicking tail and leveling up and just making decisions and having fun or i'm playing metroid prime and exploring the world and putting a controller down and just be like how on the technical uh level did you did retro pull that off and why is this mind-blowing good it's, it's just the good yes everybody i am hoping along with you for a metroid prime trilogy i don't think it's going to be coming out just yet I don't think uh, Retro is going to even be doing it, but we shall see next time in 2019. I would love to see the Metro Prime series in HD remastered. Really cleaned up and really looking nice with detail and stuff. I would definitely go back and play it. Uh, controller or with Joy-Cons. Okay, hopefully it happens and stuff. But it's just like I come back for more because it got us hooked to me. I did it with Tomb Raider, Rise of Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, I did it with Red Dead. Uh, I did it with Grand Theft Auto 5. You know, I did it with a lot of games that maybe I didn't find fun, but it had me coming back for more. Uh, Saints Row the Third. I enjoy that game. Laughing with the missions. Uh, shooting with, <laughs> shooting the women when he uh, when the character said these songs ain't real hoes and stuff like that. Just like being 
being over the top sarcastic and getting hit by a tiger because I'm driving too wild and stuff, uh, trying to escort it and everything. Like, it it made me come home or on my days off get back into wanting to play that game. Um, showcasing brilliant writing and performances and I have to give it up to a lot of the voice actors you know they sometimes there are some games that bring a lot of those characters to life with great voice acting um, Fire Emblem Awakening has me on the floor in love but laughing and loving the characters and seeing all the different personalities and how they interact and stuff and that got me more to uh, the Fire Emblem series. Um, the performances in Titanfall 2. Like not only heightens the story and the gameplay. But it really makes me care about my main character in BT. And uh, in, in that. And so I kind of want to see more of that game succeed and stuff. Uh, Mass Effect. Because of the writing and the performances in that. It actually made me love Bioware. Uh, where Star Wars, uh, Knights of the Old Republic destroyed that. Like, I didn't really, I was frustrated with Bioware because of their mechanics and their design. In Mass Effect, the whole trilogy, and a little bit of a drama, changed all of that. Like, I look, I was, I got into Mass Effect. I was just like, uh, not really feeling the story. Played Mass Effect 2, and, uh, when I was working at Toys R Us, uh, me and my friend David, we, uh, were playing the, like, like, if you play it, I'll play it. And I was coming back to him, telling the stories. It's just like, okay, I'm hooked. This the the performances. I love this character. This writer is so good. Like I didn't know that the guys at Bioware could do this. And I was so happy that he got me hooked onto it. So thank you, shout out to you, David. Um, uh, and really just happy to do that. So sometimes, like like a. Get, when a game gets you and it makes you laugh and the performances are well done, it just hooks you. And that's a great feeling to have. Um, last but not least, it makes you love the series. I stated before, I love Mario. I've loved Nintendo properties. I'm a Nintendo fanboy. I can't help it. I love The Legend of Zelda, Metroid, uh, Mario, Fire Emblem, uh, Sushi Strikers, The Leap Beat Agents, Hotel Room uh, 213, um, some of their odd games, Codename Steam, like like Yoshi's Woolly World, like a whole bunch of games, Earthbound, like stuff that comes from Nintendo makes me love that series. And sometimes there are not a lot of games that come from particular series, like they gave up on it and stuff because it didn't sell well. But I like when they revisit and bring it out and sometimes give it their own spin. I'm a big fan of Nintendo. I love them. I still think they're the number one company. Uh, I I continue to play a lot of their games. I continue to support them. Um, I prefer them over kind of Microsoft and Sony. No disrespect to them, but because they got some games that I, some games in their series that I love too. But Nintendo has always produced a ton of series, uh, IPs that I just enjoy and wrap myself in and love. Uh. And that speaks to a whole bunch of people. Maybe you might not love Nintendo, but you love Sony. Maybe you love uh, Microsoft. Maybe you love Halo. Maybe you love Forza. Maybe you love Mario Kart. Heck, some of y'all might even love uh, uh, Road Rage or something. Um, Mist. Like, there are just 
tons of series that you could love. Some people of you guys love the Duke Nickel forever. That's fine. You you love that and stuff. Um, but if a company can make you love that series and makes you want to continue support it and everything, it's it, it's it spoken to you. It did something to you that made you feel good. It really made you enjoy what it's all about. So when I come back, I'm going to get into the last section of why when a game speaks to you, when it has changed you, uh, when it spoke to your morals and ethics, when it makes you laugh and stuff, that what this all ends up being. And I will talk to you guys when I come right back. And I am Brad. Now, all of this stuff brings a community. And that's pretty good because, you know, video games speak to us in manners that sometimes other media doesn't. Uh, whether you're reading a book, whether you're watching a TV show, watching a movie and stuff, or whether you're just creating. Sometimes you need outside advice or influence or just random discussions. And, you know... When a video game speaks to you as a person, it's speaking also to a whole bunch of other people. So it it brings this community where you know you can find your fighting friends to connect with, to talk about that game, you know, to have your arguments, to have your approvals and disapprovals, your pros and cons and stuff like that. Uh, but knowing that you still have love and respect and support from those friends and stuff. Um, it's it's really good when a video game does that. Um, keeping the arcade experience alive. Now that, you know, online is kind of where it's at, uh, 
we all have more that we could talk about that we could interact with um and still keep the experience of having a person a stranger uh by your side helping you and working with you as a team not being a jerk or anything but really like elevating your skill uh i remember playing street fighter 2 uh and getting my tail whipped and you know, I told the person that I'm like, I haven't played this. I'm learning this. And he's just, and he was just like, you know what? Keep playing some more and learn it. This is how you do special moves. And when it got to uh, Street Fighter 2, my cousin taught me that. And I was able to take those skills back to the arcade and get that experience. Um, same thing that I'm doing now. Uh, I, I have my viewpoint about Bloodborne, but uh, Moose Lee, uh, co-host of Nurse Gone Platinum and uh, Nurse Gone Road, that you guys should check out. Um, he played with me, uh, for Bloodborne and I need to make it up to him in order to, uh, play more with them. And I might actually hit him up, uh, after this, uh, episode, but I want to play more with them so I could become better at what I do. Um, and probably see more for what this game is. Um, and just kind of get that arcade experience, um, helps a novice player become an expert. Moose once again playing bubble, but mostly uh, shout out to Matt, Matthew Keel also from Nurse Gone Rogue on how he helped him uh, become the player he is in Bloodborne. He hasn't did it with me yet, but I hopefully he'll come on and do it. Uh, but you know, uh, Moose and Matt playing with me and Corey play Hell Divers and enjoying that game and having fun. You know, it's it brings us together, uh, forms a welcoming group of players. Um, and when you get into a community that just welcomes you, that opens uh, opens up to you, um, because I am a welcoming person. I've loved meeting new people on Twitter, meeting people on Facebook, meeting people in real life that we talk about games and stuff and really have fun. We can talk about other things also, but I really am just like I love when people just welcome you that and just have a respectable level that you when it's talking when it comes to games, it shows the passion that everybody has. So, you know, video games could do that. And, you know, that I think that's how video games speak to us. It speaks to us in many ways, but it does something for us that sometimes we don't acknowledge that other media does. Um, and sometimes we don't even acknowledge that what that video game is actually doing. So, uh, but of I'm going to be getting to some plugs because I lot of, got a lot of plugs for you guys uh, when I come back. But um, I really do want to know what you guys think about how a video game speaks to you. Uh, what does it need to take to speak to you? What steps have you taken to uh, realize that it has spoken to other people? And I'll get more into that when I get into the plugs. And I will be right back.
So I'll just have a few plugs for you guys. Of course, optional opinion, you guys can find on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn and other podcast apps. You can find me on Twitter at ThatRetroCo, and you can also email the show, the questions that I asked earlier. You guys can let me know. You can email me at myop2comments at yahoo.com. I want to hear what you guys think. You also can check me out on Nurse on Rogue Radio, NGRRadio.com. That is my home where I have my reviews, uh, where I also do other podcasts uh, with my boss man Corey Derrick with Jesse Douglas with Matthew Kiel uh Jason Marshall Jeff Glassman and uh Moosley uh we all have our individual shows um that we do so you guys can find our Nintendo Power Block which is our Nintendo focus show Nurse Gone Platinum which is our Sony focus show Arsenal X which is our Xbox podcast um B-Size and Nurse Gone Rogue which is the main show uh, that you can find on NGRRadio.com also you can check out our YouTube pages um for each show Arsenal X Xbox podcast channel Nintendo Power Plug channel Nurse Gone Platinum channel and uh, Nurse Gone Rogue we also got shows like Squad Goals uh, Royale with Cheese Trophy Hunters uh, I believe it's Trophy Hunters uh, our Let's Plays like AX Plays and stuff Pod and Play our movie commentaries and just other uh, shows that you guys are able to uh, look at and enjoy so go to NGRRadio.com um, also we got uh, um, if you go to Nintendo Pop Block we have a chance for you guys to win a copy of Diablo 3 for Nintendo Switch uh, click on our latest episode to uh, find out on how to enter uh, and have a chance to win a copy um, can't tell you how to do it you're just gonna have to click on and watch the episode me and Corey and Jesse have great discussions on there and kind of find out how it all happens to win just saying um you also can check out the happy hour with johnny and deuce podcast on soundcloud itunes google play stitcher you can like their facebook page and follow them on twitter at hhp uh hh podcast show um secret friends unite you can check that out their podcast on podomatic itunes and stitcher you can like their facebook page and follow them on twitter at secret friends you and subscribe to their youtube page secret friends unite nindy nation can be found on itunes nindy nation can be found on itunes and at the nindy NintendoVillage.com. You can also find them on Facebook and on Twitter at Nindy Nation. You can find Nintendo Domain at NintendoDomainPodcast.com, YouTube.com slash ThingMatter, uh, F-I-N-G-M-A-T-E-R, and on Twitch.tv slash NintendoDomainPodcast. You can also check out the Devin Cox Experience and the Skybreakcast on iTunes, uh, We The Gamercast, Kiss Kiss Game Game, NG, uh, I'm gonna say NGR radios and shows, uh, and more. You can also check out World One One Podcast at shoutengine.com and on our YouTube page at World One One Podcast. Um, you can come and see me on Twitch and subscribe at the Lyrical One and watch my Let's Learn series. I will be planning on getting back to that. I apologize, everybody, that I haven't been doing my uh, due diligence to that, but I will be getting back to my Let's Learn. I'm going to be getting back to AX Plays. Um, I'm going to be writing stuff out, getting it all down uh, for 2000. 2019 um with it because there are a lot of games that i would love to teach and talk to you guys and i also would love to showcase and kind of do a mini podcast with my ax plays um for it so you guys will be able to check that out 
everybody please have a great week have a great weekend enjoy some games um just to let everybody know if you go to ngrradio.com um i have released my uh review for the gardens between um that is available on pc switch uh xbox and on playstation 4 so if you guys care to read it give it a read and give it a like share it around um and truly hopefully you guys will pick this game up and enjoy it um it really is a great title um for it um also uh everybody get ready for pot and play season four and uh uh, Nindy, uh, our Nindy showcase for next year. Uh, me and Corey and a bunch of other guests uh, are working on some games and stuff, and we cannot wait to get the ball rolling and show you our uh, gameplay skills in our discussion. So really cannot wait for that. Um, last but not least, uh, thank you guys for staying with Optional Opinion. I, like I said, I do apologize. I'm bouncing around with work and doing content for NGR Radio. Um, and also, uh, during the moment I wish I'm going to be getting back into, I want to continue to do that. Um, but I just been bouncing around here and there trying to catch up on games, trying to write this and get stuff ready. Um, um, but there will be more new episodes coming for Optional Opinion. I am going to be back on a weekly schedule. I'm going to force myself to be like, hey, it's time to record. We, I got this. Let's get it in. Because uh, I love, like I said, I love doing Optional Opinion. And I love entertaining you guys and providing ideas and comments and stuff. So with that, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Go out and play some games. And I will talk to you later next time on Optional Opinion. Peace.
music for this episode, We Plus Nighttime on Voice Out, Super R-Type of Submerging Titan, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, SNES Music, Bury My Shell at Wounded Knee, Ninja Imp Battle, Grabbed by the Ghoulies soundtrack, Killzone 2 soundtrack, Templar's Last Stand, Neo 11.4, Akatsu, O-K-A-T-S-U, Late Nights at Balam Garden, Neora, Lo-Fi Hip Hop Remix of Balam Garden, Final Fantasy VIII. 